This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Before we start the show, I have a gift for you, my top five productivity tips for solopreneurs. To get them, go to top5productivitytips.com. That's the number five, top5productivitytips.com. And it's possible that I over-delivered, and you'll have to find out for yourself. Just go to top5productivitytips.com. Beginning his entrepreneurial journey as a single dad at age 19, Jeremy Brown decided to write his first book in order to establish authority, generate leads, and increase his credibility. The result? His business exploded, and Jeremy knew he had found his calling, empowering leaders to share their stories. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Awesome to be here, Mark. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, I can't wait to dive in. I'm really excited because, you know, you found your calling at an early age. There's some of us, not me, but there are some people who listen to the show who are, how shall I say this? They're facing a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. because they don't know what they want to be when they grow up and they're like 50 years old. And I love Mm -hmm. the way Kathy Lee Gifford puts in her book, if you have a pulse, you have a purpose. So you may not know what it is yet. Don't overthink it. Don't get anxious. You That's got right. it, right? That's right. Well, and I think it, I, I love this conversation because I really stumbled into it. And I think so in this, in an office right next to me right now, I have my 18 year old son and he doesn't know what he wants to do with his life. Of course he doesn't. He's 18. I'm like, dude, you don't need to figure that out right now. You should be of service. That doesn't mean you should kick back, go sit on the lake and do what he loved to do, which is just fish all day. Be of service and you will find your purpose as you serve people. And because I don't think we're called to do something, we're called to someone. We're, we're called to a people group. And according to what the people need determines what we do. And so I think that is the key to, to kind of discovering, so to speak, one's purpose is it's, it's if you're serving other people, it will find you. You're going to figure it out. Be of service. Wow. I mean, it that we could actually end the show right now. We're not going to, but we can actually end the show right now because if every human being on this planet would spend time mm-hmm. being of service to other people, mm-hmm. what a magnificent world we would live in. That's right. And I told them, I said, take a whole year. And I'm like, so I mentor a lot of young people. I had a mentorship program, a nonprofit for young men called Warrior. And it was like they were 18 to 35 year olds. They're out of the system. They're supposed to be adults, but they really, like a lot of them didn't have dads growing up. So they're really lost. And I would say to them, like, don't worry about life balance. Go to your church, go to some organization, whatever you're going to do and completely pour yourself into serving other people. Don't think about anything else. Get your, get your basic necessities paid for. Do what you got to do to make that happen. But I think capitalize on a time of your life when you can just be about serving other people. Don't worry about anything else. Throw yourself into it. Don't worry about life balance. Don't think about I need to balance my life and my energies. And all. There's a time and a place for that. And if you've got a family, you need to do that. You need to be focused on it. But I think for young people like my son, like others, like I think sir, jump in, serve people, and you're going you're gonna to figure out what you're, what you're meant to do. And I can tell you, whenever I'm serving people, whether through my church or a neighbor needs help, you can't help but feel good about yourself. You just, 
you just get this feeling like, wow, I just helped somebody or I, I just, you know, whether it's changing a tire or helping some elderly lady in your neighborhood unload the groceries from her car or maybe mowing the lawn because some guy, you know, the dad maybe broke his leg. You know, it doesn't have to be like I'm sending someone to the moon or to Mars or inventing the next iPhone. It can be something simple. And I think, and tell me if I'm off base on this, that some people tend to overthink this. Is that true? A hundred percent. I think we, we totally over, and it can be a question we're always wrestling with because I still do check-ins. I've been doing publishing for 15 years. I'm with my current company now for 10. I'm always doing check-ins and it's so seasonal and you know, we're coming out of like the whole COVID experience we all just had. And just from, if I'm just talking purely from a business perspective right now, I was like, you know what, if you're ever going to try anything, now's the time. So I literally scratched just about every single entrepreneurial itch I had over the last two years. (laughs) And it made me fall right back in love with my business I have right now. And as I'm, I'm, I have four sons, a big dog, a beautiful wife and a long van. And we, our lifestyle choices right now, they're different. My purpose heavily is about my customers, about my employees and about my family. And that's about it for me right now in this season. So it's seasonal. And I think people really beat themselves up about this. You don't even need to have a lot of the clarity and it's not about what we do. It's about who you love. Who do you love? And I love my customers. I love my team. I love my family, of course, more than anybody. But who who has your heart? Because that's when you're going to find joy, all the things, and you're going to become freaking amazing at it because you're going to have all the energy to become great because it takes a lot of work, a lot of effort. You're going to have, you're not going to just love everybody all the time because you're still going to have clients that hate you or whatever, are not <laughs> happy. People are going to hate on you, competitors, market forces that we can't control, whatever it is, they're always going to be there. Jim Rohn's one of my favorite guys ever. And he's like, Mm. if you plant a garden, rabbits are going to show up. It's just the way it is, you know? (laughs) And he had that classic voice. It's just the way it is. And it is the way it is. And we just, we don't need to expect it or just wait for something bad to happen. Just understand that's going to be there. Going back to your question though, Mark, or your original statement, we, we make it way more complicated and we have to understand you can stick in that question forever and ever and waste a lot of time. If you have somebody that comes into your life, we call these divine appointments and they're good and they're bad. So a divine appointment is somebody shows up and I just, it's like, I have a love for them that I did not create. I just love them. I don't even know why they might be, they might be uh, annoying, frustrating, expensive, <laughs> but I just love them. That's a huge sign of calling right there. And there's also divine appointments that show up and they take something from you. They don't look divine. They look evil or nasty. There's that, that is also a sign. What was meant for glory has been put to shame. So when you've been put to shame, you know, there was glory meant there. Go back to that place. And I, I, this is what I'm doing all day, every day with people is helping them figure out their story and whatever. And we, we look at those things. They're both calling. They're both road signs that you're, you're onto something there with your life. We just need to look at it a little bit more. Hmm. You know, I hear people occasionally will tell me, man, you know, Mark, you wake up every day. I hear you talk about you love what you do seven days a week. It's not a job. It's it's calling for you, blah, blah, blah. But I hate what I do. And I'm like, well, why are you doing it then? And they, they get this look on their face like, well, I'm good at it. Well, I understand you're good at it, but you're not happy. And I hate to break it to you get one life. 
And I'm like, I'm not saying quit your job today, but maybe you should start exploring other things that you can do that you can, you know, provide for your family and be happy. And they look, look at me like the, with this quizzical look to like, I can do that. Like I'm giving you permission to go do something that makes you happy. And I think more people need to step back. If you're listening to this conversation with Jeremy, are you happy? Or do you like, oh, I get two weeks vacation. I get a good check. But are you happy? Because money can't buy happiness. Talk to us about that. Yeah, that's right. And even if, let's say, let's play that out, what you were just saying, that scenario there. Let's say I'm in a job I hate or something. I just don't like it. Um, I talk, I hear that all the time, especially mentoring young people. I just hate my job. It sucks. It's this and that, you know, it is what it is. But it's like, okay, so then start to think about, dream a little bit of where do you want to be? What's the perfect position look like? And then doesn't matter where you're at, how much you hate it, do the very best you can every time so that they, if you do get to the point, when you get to the point you want to quit and move on, they will do anything and everything to keep you. Be the very best at what you do. Be the number one employee, the number one whatever. And as you do that, your boss don't doesn't give you the promotion. There's something bigger at work that promotes people. Your boss doesn't give you the promotion. You're not working for the boss or the man, the person, the company, the whatever. That's not how you get promoted. You get promoted in life by outgrowing where you're currently at. That's the only way to do it. And so if you're, if you're doing that, and this is one of the ways of how money doesn't, does, or have, money doesn't make you happy, or it's not the only measurement of success. It's all about people. Like, so you hate your job. Okay. You hate what you do, but who are you doing it with? And how can you just focus on serving those people better? Like the less we think about ourselves, and this doesn't mean to be a doormat for people, but the less we think about ourselves, the happier we get and the more we can stand stuff because we're wired to serve our fellow man and woman. We're wired to do that. That's how, why we're stinging here for the most part of macroly speaking and macroly, if that's even a word, but it is that's what, yeah, it's there. That, that, and that's why we're here. That's why we're doing this thing. So a lot. And like, so at throne our I try to create mission statements and this and that to sound good and motivate people. But this end of last year, I was thinking about it more. Cause I'm like, we've never had a solid mission statement. And I'm like, you know what? Our mission is our people. I get my energy. I get my excitement because of our customers and because of our team, our vendors, our employees, all that. Our mission is our people. And if we just keep that in mind, we can do anything then. We can do publishing, we can do real estate, we can do whatever if our mission is our people. And it's such a good guide, uh, a, a road side, a guide for making decisions. Mm. Well, that's so powerful. The first 10 minutes of this conversation with you is just awesome. I want to pivot though to book publishing because I have self-published two books. They're available at Amazon. Uh, I didn't do a really good job on them, but I, I have two books. But I want to ask you a question as a publisher. Do you think that everybody has a book in them, or do you think that's just a cliche saying? I think everybody has a story. I don't okay. know if everybody has a book. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. Because just because, you know, so here's an example. Um, I think everybody has a book if you want to write a book, because anybody can write a book now. Yeah. Everybody has a story. There is no question about it. Everybody has a story and that story is going to be valuable and meaningful to somebody. So maybe I'm even correcting myself as I'm talking this out because I frequently say just because you could, you could, can write a book doesn't necessarily mean you should. Or just because you've gone through an experience with something doesn't mean people want to know your story about it. it does, I, and that's maybe sounds harsh, but I kind of tell my authors and even myself, I'm writing a book right now too. It's like my ninth or 10th book or something. 
And I'm like, wow. nobody cares. Nobody cares about what I have to say. I, I like to think they do, but they really don't. I need to make them care by creating something relevant, packaging it right, making sure it's gold darn good. Um, so here's the thing. Does everybody have a book? Everybody has a book if you're thinking about your family. Your, if you have a family, if you have spiritual children, actual children, spouse, friends, whatever, we're all going to die someday and somebody is going to really, really, really want to know what you cared about, what you liked, what you did with your life. And it's going to matter to them. For that reason, I think everybody should write a book, whether it's you print it out, print it out at Kinko's, you handwrite it or something, especially if you have children. I we, we do We call these legacy books. We do them all the time. And I cannot tell you, man. When you, when you take the time to write down your life story, they're not going to read it all the time. They're not going to, you know, mount it up in their living room. Probably I'm talking about your kids or your family, but there's going to be a moment that they come to where they're going to need your words. They're going to need them. And they're going to need that source of identity of knowing who has gone before me that helps me understand my craziness, my quirks, my weirdness, and my greatness. And we all need to write something like that. There is no question about that. Uh, professionally speaking, we want to write from a place I call newness or fullness. It is, I've had the full, I've experienced something, I've done something and the fullness of time has taken place. I've done it over and over and over and over and over and over and over. The fullness of time. Then there's the fullness of the experience. I climbed that mountain. I went to the peak. I've come back down. I'm looking at the peak now. I've processed what has happened to me, what I've learned, and I can communicate it to you so you can understand how to climb that same mountain. That's the fullness of an experience. Then there's the fullness of the spirit. When we go through something, something happens to us on a soul level, like there's an anointing that takes place that if I've been there, done that walk, the walk truly, and I care about somebody else who's walking that walk, my words have weight. And it makes a difference. Mark, you could probably talk about topics that if I said the same thing that you did, uh, it wouldn't land with people the same because you've been there and done it. People can tell. And it's the, we always talk about it's what's between the words. That's what we're mm -hmm. trying to get to. So that's, that's my take on that. I think that there is a, everybody has a story. doesn't mean you should always write a book about it, but everybody has a story. And if you, especially if you've got kids or close family and friends, somebody's going to want to know what you went through with your life. And it's going to mean a great deal to them to know that. You know, just a few weeks ago for my monthly membership, I have a monthly membership called The Productive Life, and we were talking about dealing with imposter syndrome. And I think everyone at some point in their life deals with imposter syndrome. And I remember when I first became a productivity coach, I'm more of a hybrid coach now. I don't just talk about productivity. But what happens is people ask me things that I know so well. Like I had a, a young lady, on. Uh, we had a conversation this morning. And she wanted to know how to get started with video and podcasting. And, and my first thought was like, who am I? I mean, I've only had a, a thousand forty podcasts. I mean, who am I to help this person? But sometimes the first thing is our negativity, our negative Nelly steps up and go, well, who are you to write a book? Who are you to have a podcast? Who are Absolutely. you to have a, a YouTube channel? But I've been there. I've done it. And one of the things I offered to help her with, because she doesn't do this technical stuff. I said, look at. For $97, this is something I did just for her, so it's not something I'm rolling out to the world. I said, I will edit your audio now and edit your video and audio, but I'm not going to like Mike, like a, like a Hollywood blockbuster editing, just basic editing because she just wants to put this up on social media. And I will create a podcast for you, the audio. I'll give you the MP4, the MP3, and I'll give you a raw transcript. 
And to her, she goes, oh my gosh, that would save me so much time. I don't have to learn this stuff, but I was serving her. And mm -hmm. she said, hey, a $97 investment. I give him the video. He gives me these three things back and it saves her a lot of time. But when she first asked me about that, I'm like, who am I? And I really believe everyone, if they're honest with themselves, when someone asks you for help, something you're really good at, the first thing that negative Nelly comes up and goes, dude, who are you? You don't know anything. Am I mm -hmm. right on that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you have a humble, if you have a, a even a modest dose of humility, you're going to have imposter syndrome here and there. It's part of having humility and realistic expectations over ourselves. Um, and just, we know ourselves, it's called the curse of knowledge too. Like we all have it. So like when, when, when I'm working with somebody on their story or anything, we, we run people through a process called the burn process. And the burn process is this. If you throw a bunch of materials into a fire, only the things of lasting value withstand the flames. Mm. You're going to have diamonds, gold, and steel. And that's what we can do with our story, with our content, with our life experiences. We throw it into this fire to find the things of lasting value. Diamonds that display beauty that through testimony. Steel that gives strength, people can use to build things from, and gold that is valuable for other people, they'll pay you for it. Mm -hmm. And we all have those things. The thing about it is, is we're so familiar with it. Like Mark, you, and if you can hear my voice right now, you do things and you think things that are so natural and normal to you, but other people, that is not normal and it is not natural and they would pay you to do it. And those are usually some of the best ways to make a business out of your story, out of your experience. And it really is true. If we've done it, we've been there and done that. But if, if we are humble, which we all should be, and I'm not near as much as I should be all the time, but we'll have that. I much rather work with an author or anybody who's got that, you know, I really should really think about this. Is anybody going to really care? You know, do people really want to learn this? I'd rather be dealing with somebody like that than somebody going, my story is absolutely phenomenal and the entire world should know and care. <laughs> I, I don't even like, I don't even, I have a client that I work with him once who is that way. And he was so painful to work with. He's <laughs> called multiple times and he's very well known. Very, very well known. I would never work. With, he couldn't pay me a million dollars to work with him again. Wow. wow. Couldn't pay me a million dollars. I truly, truly mean it. Wow. I would not do it. Well, let me ask you something very specific and very personal about books. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll give you my answer after you answer yours. Do Let's you do prefer it. print books, ebooks, or audiobooks? If you could only pick one, what Okay, would if it be? I could only pick one, my first response is going to be all of them. I'm a print. <laughs> I'll take print any day of the week and I won't do the volume of reading that I would do through audio. I usually filter through audio and then really dive in via print. I like print for multiple reasons. Number one, it's the most retention by far. You look at the data by far, the most retention comes from a printed book. Number two, distraction free. A books are actual technologies. Printed books, they're, it's the technology that changed the world. It's lasted longer than anything else. And they're a distraction free technology that I can have a singular focus on even for 15 minutes, which is so good for my mental health and well being. And then the last one is I can write notes and take, keep track of things in it that are much easier than in a digital form. Like I know it's nice and convenient to do it in iBooks and whatever and add your notes. Let's be honest. None of us really keep track of that. And my grandkids <laughs> sure as heck are not going to find them. But I've got a copy of Think and Grow Rich on my bookshelf that it has notes in it from my grandfather. Wow. And that's why I like print books too. 
is I mark them all up. I got a book on my desk here. I have a book of Proverbs. I mark it up all over the place. And my kids are going to find that someday. My kids as kids as kids. And they'll think it's pretty cool. I can't do that with anything else. So uh, also, last reason, print print books are the greatest business development tools are the greatest yes. marketing tools on the face of the earth. Yes. I will tell you, I love print books so much. And I, I started doing the ebook thing, but then my guests, a lot of my guests started sending me their books and they sent me their print books because they'd sign them, right? That's another thing you can get with a print book. You can get the author That's to right. sign it. And, and I started falling in love with it. I love print books so much now. I do listen to audible books when I'm on my, my yeah. daily run. But if an author says, hey, can I send you a copy of my PDF uh, book? I said, I, I won't read it. Like, what do you mean? I don't read PDF books. I want to go out in the backyard in just my shorts, soaking up the sunshine with my dog at my feet, reading a print book. No notifications, no FaceTime calls. That's right. And That's right. so I just love print books. Now, here is the big question for you, Jeremy. Are you a book smeller? Because I'm definitely a book smeller. I love smelling new books. I love smelling old books. Are you a book smeller? You know, I never thought of myself as a book smeller, <laughs> but I definitely love opening up a new book. I love everything about it. Oh. I go down, I have a new employee in Kansas City, Missouri right now, and they have a four-story Barnes & Noble in Kansas City. Oh, it's my goodness. spectacular. <laughs> and I'll say this too, though. Like, I still think they're all good. Audiobooks have their purpose. They have their place. Digital books have their, that PDF. I'll never read them. I'll never read them either, but they're great for lead gen. Yeah. You know, there's a purpose for them. If I can only pick one, 100%, I'm going with a printed book any day of the week. Yeah, it's kind of hard for me to read my book when I'm out for my daily run. <laughs> it's kind of not right. for me. Exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I actually uh, had a guest on my show about two, three years ago. We actually had book smeller like a trending hashtag on on linkedin for a couple days it was so funny people are going what is this trending tag book smeller i'm like have you ever gotten a book and just smelled it and of course if you have an older book or you go into an old bookstore oh my gosh like an old library now i'm 56 so i remember we used to have card catalogs there wasn't this computer stuff even now you walk in the library it's just got that smell of books and knowledge and information i just i love it and i'm like listener if you're not reading a book do you know the average CEO or the average billionaire reads 60 books a year and the average person that lives paycheck to paycheck doesn't read a book a year at all, doesn't even mm -hmm. read a book? So think about that. If you want to become wealthy, why don't you start reading books and you can still read them for free from your local library? Well, let me let me do this too for you, Mark, because you told me about the Productive Life membership. I think if, if we're talking about becoming great, and that's part of the books you get to read is you get a time capsule of somebody's mind. Like I love yes. being able to be like, I can hear what C.S. Lewis has to say or Napoleon <laughs> yes. Hill or King Solomon, richest guy to ever walk the face yes. of the earth. I can get their mind. So I think if if you haven't already, and you haven't asked me to do this, Mark, but I want to I give you uh, – a shameless plug here, which is, I think the productive life membership, you, if you, if you're thinking about it, if you haven't done it, I want to encourage everybody to check it out because you can never do anything great alone. 
ever. And the more you're around people who are like-minded, but very, very diverse and different from you, you're going to get so many ideas and so many things. And the more engaged you are in a community, the more you're going to get from the community. So I think I want to encourage everybody to look at the Productive Life uh, membership that you have set up, Mark. I think that's a great thing for people. Anytime you can get around other people, anytime you can get around thinking, smart, forward-looking people, you're going to, it just gets all over you and you're going to benefit from it incredibly. Well, I thank you for bringing it up. Uh, one of my top clients who's been with me since the ground floor when the doors stuck and, you know, the paint was new and the, some rooms went carpeted. And she says $49 a month and she's a CPA. And she says, what are you spending $49 a month on that you're not getting a return on investment like Netflix, Hulu, Starbucks coffee? Right. And, and I, I never thought about that. I'm not a CPA, but she, her friends ask her, how are you so more productive? And she tells him about the productive life. I'm like, how much is it? $49. That's a lot of money. And she goes, dude, you go to Starbucks every day. It's like, you know, right. how, what, how is that advancing your cause? But thank you for mentioning that. I really appreciate it. And you, you talk about King Solomon, you mm -hmm. know, and it's really funny because you know, I, I'm one of these people. I'm a Christian. I read the Bible through cover to cover every year. I read a different version of the Bible every year. Beautiful. And there's only two people in the Bible that did not die. Everyone else, including King Solomon, the last four words were, and then he died. So folks, mm -hmm. you're going to die at some point. So why don't you live the best, most awesome life you can now? I don't care if you're 22 or 92. If you have, if you have a pulse, you have a purpose. As, as Kathy Lee Griffith said, don't let this precious, precious time slip away from you. Beautiful. I totally agree. And I think that, you know, what you're saying here, Mark, and I think this is such good content and great reminders for people is even, even work right now. Um, I never would have thought this and I might be going all over the place with you here, but just go with me for a little bit. Sure. I've always been like, Hey, I want to, I only want to work with clients that I truly sincerely get excited about. And initially it was kind of selfish just because I want to actually enjoy who I work with. And, but I always wondered, man, we've had the same people working with us for 10 years, some cases more. And I'm thinking, why is that? And one of the reasons as we were looking at was, well, they always like our projects and they like our projects because I like our projects and I like our projects because I like the people. And you're talking about giving our life the maximum that we have right now. And when we're at work, we're saying no to our family. We're saying no to whatever else it is. Mm -hmm. And this is a huge investment we're making in our work. So we, we better be doing it with people that we really, really care about and that we see a bigger cause and a bigger mission that we can contribute to. And that's where you're really going to, I always say it's work worth doing. We're doing work worth doing right now. And I'm not going to regret this 37 minutes you and I have had together. I'm not going to regret working on people that I really feel like are doing good things. And you're like, you got your membership, you have your podcast, all the stuff. Like this is a good investment of our life energy right now that I don't think we're going to regret. And that's, I think, is a big piece of what you're talking about. Mm. So well said. Before we wrap up, is there anything else that is on your heart that you didn't get an opportunity to discuss that you, you'd feel that would benefit the listener? You know, I really feel like if I could leave one thought, it would be to reflect on one's life experiences and story. Mm. We know we need to have self-awareness to be a good leader and we need to know who we are, our identity. Well, how can I know who I am if I don't know my story? 
is really difficult. And we need to find somebody, seek out somebody who will bear witness to that. And anytime I'm working with a client on anything, the first step is I say, I want to hear your whole story front to back. I set a whole, I have a whole day I sit with them. And I do that once I do that really because it's going to clarify so many things in their life. And when you talk about finding your purpose, that's really how you do it. Like I don't, I, I, if you sit down and you dissect, I've done this with over 700 people. I've interviewed them for eight hours or longer each, 700 people. And our life works in patterns and story and it works the same in everybody's life. And it's how people find their story and their identity is we got to first look back and then we can look forward. So I'd say if, if you haven't done that, if you're kind of wondering, man, I, I, of course I kind of know it cause I, I lived it, but sit down with somebody for at least two to four hours who is willing to bear witness to your story as you talk it through. And it will eliminate so many problems that we have around because people just want to be heard. We want to be known. We want to be seen. And if you give yourself that experience and give it to somebody else, it's going to make a massive difference in your life. So walk through your story, get to know it, and you're going to know your purpose. Wow. What great, great, great words what you just gave us there. So I know people are going to want to find out more about who is Jeremy Brown. Thank you. And what he's doing in the world. So how can we do that? Thank you for asking, Mark. I really appreciate it. I want to first say I really, really, really mean it, guys. If you haven't checked out The Productive Life, I really would encourage you to do it. If you don't have a community you're involved in and you're really, really engaging, you are just flat out not doing as good as you could. Um, if you want to find us, like we're all over the place. We're on Facebook. We're on all the social channels. Uh, my website, I'm sure you'll put it in the chat somewhere or something, Mark. It's thronepg.com. But just find me. I'm all over on LinkedIn. I'm all over on Google. Just check us out. Uh, you'll find a lot of our books. We have 400 plus of them out circulating in the world. Uh, but you can just head to our website. It's probably the best spot to check us out at thronepg.com. Thank wow. you for letting me share. Well, Jeremy, I want to thank you for being on the show. It's an absolute incredible conversation. This is an episode people need to listen to multiple times. And I know that at least one person, I don't know how many people are going to listen to this episode, obviously, but at least one person, I know the words you have said have changed the trajectory of their life. So thank you so much for being on the show today. My pleasure, Mark. I really appreciate you having it. And again, guys, share this with somebody who needs to hear it. Subscribe to this show, write reviews. Great reviews are like lifeblood for podcasters. So if you get value from this, a great way to pay Mark back, write him a review, get subscribed, all the things. But I really, really appreciate this, Mark. Thanks for having me. And before we go, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. I know that there is an endless stream of options for you in this day and age, but you took the time to listen to the episode, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Don't forget to head on over to top5productivitytips.com and get my gift to you, my top five productivity tips. Remember, it's the number five in top5productivitytips.com. They will serve you well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll see you again real soon.